And now for the show that's truly too hot to handle. It's the melting pack, and it starts right now. You're listening to the melting pack. Here's your host, Pat Johnson. Well, thank you, Jerome. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show, The Melting Path, The Next Level Network. Hope you're well. Today, we may still break it up into sections, the show recording, and so we may hear some extra soundage. I don't know yet, but um, that's just how it goes. Sometimes the week gets crazy, and things have to be stopped, and other things have to get done. You know how it is. You get it. You get it. Hope you're uh, hope you're okay. Hope you're all right. I'm, j- I'm busy. I'm exhausted. And... Um, you know, that's all. I have a two-year-old. That's all. You know that. You know the drill. Um, it works. Been nuts. It's uh, it's crazy. Just uh, most of it through no fault of my own, which is I think is uh, something I could be proud of. But um, that's generally how my job goes. Is me being backed up with stuff is generally not because I haven't done it. It's because hey, can you do this for somebody else? And that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. How my job goes. I'm sure everybody's in uh, a similar boat. I'm sure a lot of people are. Um, in a similar situation with work stuff. So I commiserate with you, and uh, and I say welcome to the show. We got a song today. We got some stuff. We got some sports at the end. We will talk about um, what else we got. We'll talk about our trip to the mall, and we'll also talk about the default cheese for a lot of breakfast sandwiches and why, why I'm disappointed by it. So there we go. Uh, we also got some fan mail uh, yesterday. And I, I thought of some stuff, and I'll pose it to you toward the end of the show about things that uh, tell us your age, show your age, tell your age, without telling us your actual age. So um, I think everybody knows how old I am by now. But if you're new, to, I guess if you're new to the show, you might not know that. And so you want to do one of these, or you just wanted me to, to do this little clickbaity thing, and uh, I'm happy to oblige because I'm sure we'll get some fun answers. I didn't have time to do a, a proper question this week. Maybe we'll push that to another time. But anyway, that's what's up. How are you? Hope you're great. Hope you're. Hope everything's going well in your world. Let me know if you need somebody to yell at, dump your day on, because uh, I don't live with you. Unless I do live with you, in which case, call someone else. Um, yeah. <laughs> don't dump your day on the people you live with. You don't want that, because that's not good for anybody. So do it to me. Leave me a voicemail, 209-867-7638. You got three minutes you can just yell and scream and cry and do whatever you want. Um, and I, I won't play it on the show, but if you just want to get it out, then do that. Okay? All right. Or send a text. Send me a couple of paragraph texts. And uh, there you go. At least get it out. Get it out. Don't let it sit in your head and fester. Get it out to me. Send it over my way. And at least you you will then have uh, released some of that negative energy. All right? That's a good way to start the show, right? Right? All right. Let's really start the show. Because we have a song today from our old friends, A New Nowhere. And when I say our old friends, I mean that I last played this band on episode 110. And for reference, that was in 2017. Now, first of all, that's a long time to go between playing songs. Uh, and second of all, I've been doing the show a long goddamn time, haven't I? Uh, but they stopped doing things for a little while. They, um, they took a hiatus, I suppose. But now they are back. And so we have a brand new song from them. Came out a couple of weeks ago. It is uh, it's pretty great. We got some good guitar stuff in here. I'm excited to get to that when we uh, when we finish the song. But for now, I think what is it? A new nowhere.com. All the things will be in the show notes. Everyone should have a website. 
so I don't have to read your Instagram handles. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, our dear friends, they knew nowhere with their latest. It's called Neurotic. It's the Melting Pat. We're coming right back. There you have it, our friends, our old friends in New Nowhere with their latest neurotic. It's the Melting Pat, the next level network. That song 
just kicks in the ass. There's some screaming, a great guitar solo. Love it. Love it. Just quick one right there. Just bang right out the gate. Kicks you in the ass. I love it. Good stuff. A new nowhere.com. I'm pretty sure that's where it is. A new nowhere band. They probably maybe they threw band in there. I listen. I should have written it down. I didn't. If you 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 know the show. I don't always write stuff down. It's fine. All this stuff will be in the show notes. You'll know how to get to them. Don't you worry. Everything will be fine. All right? A new nowhere. Neurotic, their latest. Go check them out. Tell them I sent you. They might remember me. They might not. They might say, who the hell is that? Did we say we could do that? I I don't know. Anyway, they're back. They're back. And uh, that song is great. So there you go. A new nowhere. Neurotic, their latest. Go get it. Where do you get your tunes? Okay. The show today. It's not over. I know that sounded like I was going to end the show. Just like, oh, well, there's a new nowhere. Now we're going to go. Um, we got a couple things for you. We went to the mall. Let's start with this. We went to the mall on Saturday for ornament premiere, one of my favorite days of the year. I go, uh, we go up to the old stomping grounds where I used to work. Well, Jill worked in the mall as well, but not at the store. So we go up there and we, we were a little late. We we're like, hey, we're going to leave by this time. And then it just got away from us. The kid things and pregnant wife and we all just kind of we just we just missed it we botched it okay it happens so we got there like 20 minutes late so i texted my mom hey grab me this limited ornament so it doesn't sell out because she got there before us although i actually i should say i got a little nervous because usually my mom will text me like hey i'm on my way to the mall now like i'll meet you somewhere or like we'll meet at the store or wherever um but she didn't do that. And so I thought, oh, my God, did she oversleep? Did she forget? Did she go do something else? I don't know. But then I texted her and she said, yeah, I'm here already. I'm at the store. The door's not open yet, but I'll grab the thing. Okay, great. So we got there like 20 minutes late. Sorry, everybody. Um, and so we go to the thing. We do the ornaments. We say hi to the only a couple people there uh, from my time are still working at the store. So we say hi to them. Uh, and that was all. that's always good. So... We're going in and we were going to go out to breakfast, but then my mom's like, no, I got to go do something else. I'm like, okay. So Jill and I decided with the boy, we're going to take a lap around the mall because it's like 10 or 10, 15, maybe at this point. So we go over and so the store opened at nine, the mall opens at 10. So we, you know, we got there right in the middle of that. And then we're like, okay, let's go get a little thing of food, a little bite to eat. And then we'll take a lap around the mall. Then we'll have lunch and then we'll go home. Okay. So we go over to this place. Ah, it was they were like I don't remember what it's called, but they were like little donuts. They were like little funnel cake donuts, and they were like little little like donut balls, all kind of I don't I don't want to say stitched together because there's nothing there, but uh, it was like little balls you could peel off and eat. And mine, it was basically a little funnel cake with stuff on it. And I'm like, yes, this is great. So then we take a lap around the mall. We were just because again, she and I worked there at a couple different stores. Well, I worked at two stores. She worked at three, maybe? Yeah, one place in the food court and then two stores. Um, I think. I don't know. Anyway, she's not here. I can't even ask her. So we're walking around the mall, and we haven't been up there in a while. And Well, in at least uh, since October. We hadn't been up there. And even then, we didn't really get to take a lap at that time. So we hadn't really properly taken a little journey around the mall in a long time. And so... We're going around like, wow, the food court is basically empty. You know, McDonald's is gone. Cold Stone is gone. 
There was a a cheesesteak place that's now gone, which was replaced with a crappier cheesesteak place. Subway's gone, which it, when you lose, like I feel like when you lose from a food court, staples like McDonald's and Subway, you're kind of screwed, right? Like that doesn't bode well for the mall as a whole. When like these big names, like I mean, you know, say whatever you want quality wise about Subway or McDonald's. The the point is. People know what they are. Like, you can go to the mall and see, oh, there's this place. I've never heard of that. There's this other place. Oh, I've never heard of that either. But, oh, there's Subway. Oh, there's McDonald's. I at least know what those are. And so when you lose kind of staples like that, I feel like that's not a good thing for the mall, which is strange because I think I mentioned this a few months ago. That mall is getting, like, one of the department stores at the, one of the anchor department stores has been torn down, and they're building apartments right there at the other side of the mall. And so you would think that the mall would want to then increase the number of stores, not bring it down, right? Because you're going to have these apartments and you want to have like, hey, here are these apartments right next to the mall. But oh, by the way, the mall, like 25% of these stores or 50% of these stores are just empty nothings. And it's not really what, that's not a really good thing. I mean, you know, people are going to live in the apartments because they need a place to live, but you would also like to have the mall that's adjacent to the apartment building, like be popping, as they say, right? Be be hustling and bustling, as they say, right? Moving and grooving. It's just, and it isn't. And it wasn't. And for, well, okay, let me say this, too. It was really hot Saturday. And so the mall opens usually an hour before. Like the actual mall, like the whole mall opens before the stores do. For the mall walkers and the food courts open, people can get coffee or whatever and just kind of take laps around the mall inside. But what they don't do is turn on the air conditioning until the mall is officially open. And if you don't know what that does to a large building, you probably can figure this out. But in case you don't know, maybe you're new to the everything and new to, I don't know, maybe you don't think about these things. But what happens is it takes a long time for the building to cool. And so if you don't, like if you open at nine o'clock and you don't turn on the air until 10, the building is not getting cool until like noon. Maybe a little uh, earlier than that, but we took the kid after we got a little funnel cake donuts. We took the kid to the little play area, and we're just standing there. like he's running around. There are a couple other little kids. He's been really good with other kids, despite not really interacting with them a whole hell of a lot. So we're proud of him on that one. But we're sitting there sweating our asses off, and it's like nine thirty. It's like ten a.m. The mall's open by now, and like we can feel the 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 fans kind of cooling a little bit. But like, why didn't you turn them on? at nine o'clock or eight 30 when somebody got there to open the doors, like what you should do in the summer and conversely in the winter with the heating, what you need to do in a large building. This goes, if anybody from mall management anywhere is listening, or like if you run, if you manage a large property of any kind, here's what you got to do. I don't care when you actually open for business. As soon as the first person who gets there in the morning has to turn on the air and or the heat in the you know summer and winter, like you gotta do that because otherwise it's gonna take time for that air and or heat to circulate the building, and people are gonna be uncomfortable, and they're gonna go and they're gonna be like, oh, I gotta go, let's go to the mall, let's find this, we're gonna go here, go here, and then they get in there and go, you know what, we're gonna go somewhere else because there's probably not a lot here, and I feel gross, and so that was just like, it was just bad, it was bad. And then we're taking a lap around. And we're looking like, oh, this place used to be this, and there's nothing. And this place used to be this, and there's nothing. And this used to be over here, and there's nothing. 
And then a lot of like, oh, I wonder what that was because now it's nothing. And like, oh, I wonder what that is. Oh, now it's just empty. Or now it's like coming soon. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, you know, online shopping, it's a big thing. I do it all the time. But I got to wonder, there are more factors at play, right? It can't just be everybody goes to Amazon because if that was true, then all of the clothing stores would be closed. And all of the, all of like the toy stores and the game stores and whatever would close, right? American Eagle would be done. Gap would be closed. Uh, GameStop would be closed, right? They would all be gone, but they're all still there. What's the one? Arrow, Postal, however you say that, Arrow, Postal, however the hell you say that one. I don't know. Um, I don't shop there, but uh, yeah, none of that stuff fits me. Come on, I have a dad bod. They don't cater to dad bods. Uh, <laughs> so like you would think like, oh, every, oh, everybody shops online. Yeah, that's true, but not everyone, because if that was the case, then none of you would be here, right? There would be nothing there. And it was just really disappointing that, like, there was not a lot going on. And it was grossly hot. So that sucked. But we did notice there was, a like, an indoor laser tag thing right in the mall. It was called Space Adventure, Space something or other. Um, and it was basically like an indoor laser tag target practice thing. And I'm like, oh, like, that's solid because, hey, we're going to go to the mall. Mom has to go get something. Or like mom has to go do whatever, or we your brother has to go do something. Here, go over here and do this thing, and I'll come get you when I'm done. Or like, meet me here when you're done. Whatever, right? So kids need a place to go that doesn't cost a ton of money, and they can just hang out, right? Because a lot of these places now, oh, you have to have chaperones if you're under, I don't know, 16 or whatever. You can't roam the mall without a parent. And like, what parent? is going to want to walk around with their kid. Like what kid's going to want that from their parent too, to just walk around and like chaperone them at the mall. Like, they, and I'm not saying that you should let your kids run amok at the mall. I think anyone who's listened to the retail stories I've told on this show and the live show can understand that point of it. But you also like, if you're saying, Hey, I need a chaperone to go to the mall. They're not going to go, okay, let's all go to the mall together and walk around. They're going to go, Oh, we're just not going to go to the mall. And that's why these stores, can't stay open is because these were, and I don't know if the rules are in place around here. I'm not sure, but I mean, that has to be part of it. Like that has to be at least a consideration where like, Oh, we don't want these kids running around. Well, then what do you want them to do? That's another thing of like kids need places to go where they don't have to spend a bunch of money and they can just hang out and be with their friends. You know, you complain on one hand, Oh, they're just sitting on their tablets or whatever, or phones. And then you complain like, Oh, they're doing this at the mall. Blah. Well, which is it? Which one do you want? You got to make a decision. Anyway, that's a little aside on um, on people being crotchety, I guess. And I'm from a pretty crotchety guy, too. So there you go with that. So, we're, I mean, it was just disappointing that the mall was pretty much uh, store-wise half empty. And um, and it was just sad because we're like, yeah, this used to be here. And we used to come and do this. And, and now, like, a teenager would come to the mall and have not much to look at, not much to really do. Like you go into FYE, and that's another thing, physical media. Like, who really buy who buys that anymore? You can tell that because the displays have shrunk considerably. And just like so it's not just that the stores are closed and not there. It's that the stores that are there, that normally you could go, oh, we can go browse around here, and that could take an hour or so. Now it can take 20 minutes, and now you're like, oh crap, now what do we do? So yeah, disappointing. I mean, it was fun. The ornament thing was fun. That's always fun. That's always a good time. But then the rest of like the mall was like, wow, there's nothing here. Like there's nothing really going on. And it just, it, it's a bummer. 
It's a bummer. But we did go to the food court and went to one of my favorite places, Chow Cajun, which I don't know why I like that either. Like, that would not be if you talk to me in, I don't know, 2010 and be like, oh, you want to go here? Be like, hell no, that's gross. But uh, when I was working at the mall in 2010 or 2011, I was like, hey, I'm hungry. This place doesn't have a line. Let's get some bourbon chicken. Oh, my God, that's delicious. So I got to have their bourbon chicken for the first time in a very long time. So we capped off. uh, We bookended good things in between being upset that the mall is um, going downhill. So it's just a shame because I have fond memories of um, of hanging out sometimes, but really like even just working and wandering around, like, oh, I can go on my break and go pick up a movie or a CD or something like that. And now, you know, maybe they can't do that. And also it was just grossly hot. It was bad. All right. We've, we've gone down memory lane quite a bit here. We spent a lot of time on memory lane today. <laughs> I'm just disappointed, man. I understand it. You know, rent is really too damn high and, you know, online shopping and other other various reasons why these things are um, are closed and whatnot. But that doesn't make it less disappointing. It really doesn't. So somebody goes save them all. Tell them to turn on the air as soon as the doors, as soon as somebody shows up to open the doors and make it at least a little more comfortable for us wandering around being sad that all our favorite places are gone. Can we do that? All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and do, what are we doing next? I don't know. Breakfast sandwiches? Yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that. Sit tight. We probably should have broken that up a little bit. I feel like, because usually what I'll do is I'll take a break after the song and then come back with a segment. I didn't do that. So, sorry, that first piece might seem a little bit longer, but uh, I think we're okay. I think we're good, right? I talk a lot. You know this. Anyway. (laughs) I want to talk about this. Um... Why American cheese is the default for breakfast sandwiches at a lot of places? Why is this? Do we have an answer? Do we have an actual answer for this? I don't know. We got one because uh, what I do for patrons is I give you a little show preview and you can make comments on things about the show and I'll read them on the uh, on the thing here and we'll get to one. Again, thank you, Kenny. Um, we order breakfast a lot and the thing I've noticed is that with the breakfast sandwiches, bacon, egg, and cheese, sausage, egg, and cheese, whatever you, what have you, uh, wraps or whatever, American cheese is the default cheese on the things. Like, it's just on everything. And look, I was a kid who ate a lot of American cheese. But even I can realize that it's like one of the blandest cheeses that there is. It's just a very plain, not much going on cheese, which I guess is fine because you don't want to overpower the breakfast sandwich, or maybe you do, but I guess... Um, from a a restaurant, corporate, whatever standpoint, you don't want to overpower the breakfast sandwich, and it's probably the cheapest cheese to use. So I get it. It may, you know, fiscally responsible. That's fine. However, comma, throw me some cheddar, would you? Throw me something. Throw me some a little flavor, huh? Come on. I mean, you throw it on there. It's like, ah, all right. Like the bacon and egg are good, but the cheese is like, ah, it's like ah. And again. I ate a lot of American cheese as a kid, so I know it's going to sound weird to my siblings and my mom. Like, wait a minute. You used to eat American cheese out of the package. You're right. I did. But this isn't deli American cheese. This is Kraft Single That's what that is. Ugh. Bland. Nothing happening. But again, it's probably the cheapest thing. I, uh, I don't know. Anyway, throw me some cheddar, man. At least when I go to Wawa, I can get cheddar cheese with my bacon and eggs. And Wawa scrambled eggs are underrated, by the way. I know a lot of their food has uh, 
dipped in quality over the last several years, but their scrambled eggs are underrated, I think. I find them delicious, and so does the boy. So that's good. Anyway, and you can get cheddar cheese on them. So I think that's great because uh, cheddar cheese tastes better than American cheese. I think this is a, a well-known fact. If not, then I'll, we'll make it a well-known fact. God damn it. Um, also, as an aside, sandwich places like a Wawa or like a deli, can you make mozzarella cheese an option for hoagies, please? Because sometimes I don't want sometimes I don't want American cheese on a turkey hoagie, and I don't really like provolone cheese that much, so I don't want that. Swiss cheese is gross. Forget that. So give me some, and I don't want cheddar on turkey. That's kind of weird. So give me some uh, some mozzarella as a choice or Colby Jack. I love Colby Jack cheese. That's at least got some flavor to it, right? Probably doesn't crumble as often as some other cheeses. Anyway, talking about cheese, people. I love cheese. I shouldn't have as much cheese as I do, but uh, it's fine. Anyway, um, American cheese on breakfast sandwiches, not a fan. Not for me. I know people love it, and that's fine. You're allowed to. We're allowed to have different opinions on this. But I'm telling you you're wrong, and that American cheese is not the best cheese to have on a on a bacon, egg, and cheese, or a pork roll, egg, and cheese, if you will. Um, pork, you know what would probably be awesome is mozzarella on pork roll. Because cheddar on pork roll might be a little bit too much. But I think maybe a Colby Jack. Oh, damn, I'm going to get some pork roll. Colby Jack, we'll try that out. We'll see what we can do. I'll have to get my own Colby Jack, I guess. So that might defeat the purpose. But Because um, I, don't, I don't know of a, pl- of a place around here that even has Colby Jack as an option. Because I would take that. Because that's delicious. I don't know. Anyway, um, also uh, just a final note on American cheese is that it can get really runny on hot stuff, like on especially on a cheesesteak. Like on a, American cheese on a cheesesteak, it like because what you do if you, if you don't know when you make a cheesesteak is the cheese should go on top of the meat when it's on the grill still, and then you let that kind of melt and and uh, join up with all the stuff and then you flip it over and put it in the roll a lot of people will do the roll put the cheese on the roll and that's not good because then the cheese doesn't melt and then it's just weird and you don't want that but what happens is a lot of times with american cheese at some places i don't know how they do it this way but it gets really runny and it doesn't taste good and so i think on a cheesesteak you would want mozzarella right mozzarella gives you a better melt and it doesn't really run because it's a thicker cheese right or like Jack cheese is really good for tacos. So maybe try that. Have you ever have we tried jack cheese on a cheesesteak? Would that be good? I don't know if I've tried it. Now I want to though. I kind of do. I just I want to try a bunch of different, like not American cheese cheeses now on my cheesesteaks. If anybody can uh, can help me out with that. If you know of a place that has jack cheese as an option for a cheesesteak or a or a Colby Jack or a you know mozzarella, let me know. That'd be great. All right. Anyway, uh, we do have one answer from our patrons. Um, so I asked, why why is American cheese the default for breakfast sandwiches? And Kenny says, American cheese is the default when placed on a hot sandwich because it doesn't crack or lose its shape before biting. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you, Kenny. That makes sense. I don't love it. I don't love the... Uh, I like... Okay, let me say this. The logic is sound. I will. I'll say that, but there are other cheeses that would also retain their shape, and they would would retain their consistency on a hot sandwich. Like a Colby Jack would do that. A mozzarella could probably do that, right? 
I don't know. But again, American cheese is probably the cheapest to buy. Um, and when you have to buy, you know, thousands of tens upon thousands of slices of cheese every day or whatever, that's probably not that many. But when you have to buy a bunch of it, you want to go with the lowest cost. So then you can, you know, you don't lose money on the sandwiches. And so that may make sense. It makes sense. But I'm just saying I don't love it. That's all. I, do, I don't love that American cheese is the uh, the first choice. Even though I understand it, I don't love it because there are better cheeses out there. There are much better cheeses you could go with on your breakfast sandwiches. Let me know your cheese of choice. Even if it's American cheese, that's fine. I'll make fun of you. But, you know, if that's your choice, you let me know. All right. We, I think we've exhausted this one. We're good, right? We're good. All right. Let me go check a thing, and we will be right back. I wonder how many shows in a row I've talked about food. Because my mom will sometimes listen in... Uh, welcome back to the show, by the way. My mom will listen sometimes to a couple in a row, which I don't recommend. Don't do that. Listen to one at a time. One of me, Once of me is enough in a week. All right? Unless you're a patron, then you might get bonuses. But I haven't had time for those anyway. So um, long form me, once is enough. Don't binge. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. Anyway, um, my mom always says she's hungry when she listens to the show because I often talk about food. And um, yeah, well, I figure if people are going to search for me and the first thing that comes up is the melting pot, then I might as well kind of lean into that part of it and try to talk about food as often as possible. So there we go. Does that make sense? No? All right. Anyway, cheese, people. Cheese. Cheese, people. Is there a, is that the show picture for this week? Cheese, people. Is that a thing? We'll find out. We'll see. You know, people who bite their cheese into shapes. We should find those. All right. Anyway, I think we already used the mac and cheese dino for a show picture or a question. So we can't do that again, but we will find out. We will. Well, by the time you hear this, I will have made a decision on this, or I would have done this or something else. So anyway, there we go. Cheese, man. Hope you're hungry. <laughs> so I want to talk about this, and I, I, I'm trying not to dive into the whole conspiracy thing about the actual movie, uh, but I will mention it. So this movie, Sound of Freedom, is uh, top of the, or it was tops at the box office for a week or so, or maybe it still is. I don't know. I don't look at those things. You know, I, don't, I don't care that much. But it's um, it's about you know, Sound of Freedom as a movie. It's a Christian, I guess, based or centered, financed. I don't know. Um, Jim Caviezel is the star, and he played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. It's a movie about human trafficking and this guy who used to work for the CIA, I guess, but DHS, or, or not CIA, but Homeland Security, but apparently they don't have any real, they can't confirm or deny whether or not he worked there. I don't know what's going on, but um, they made this movie about human trafficking and children and all this stuff, and they, I haven't seen it, so I will not judge it. Uh, reviews have been mixed as far as I can see, but, I, you know, it's not, I am going to write about it a little bit more, not about the movie again. I, I don't plan to see it, but if, if somebody, all right, if somebody I know sees this movie and gives me a decent review, I'm not saying you have to go watch it just for me. Don't worry, Omar. Um, but if you see this movie and you think I would enjoy it, let me know, and then I'll try to track it down. All right, anyway, um, it's tops at the box office, which is unusual for a Christian movie, right? And I'm not saying that to say, like, oh, Christian movies are terrible. But usually what will happen 
is they don't always translate to the mainstream. And I mean, they have their niche and that's okay. And then people say, oh, we're being, uh, never mind, never mind. We're not going to do that. So what will happen is they don't make a ton of money. And so when they do make, you know, a sizable number on an opening weekend, it's like, oh, look at that. That's pretty cool. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Good for them. Again, I, I you know, the star of the movie and the guy who, uh, who it's based on seem kind of wacky and I'll leave that there. But I, um, so I'm not rushing to go see it, but I'm like, oh, you know what? Good for them. Everybody, people worked hard on that movie and uh, people seem to enjoy it. People I know have seen it, enjoyed it. Uh, good for you. If you go see it, go have fun. But this whole thing of papering tickets is what I'm getting at here because I saw a couple pictures online last week and they're like, hey, the movie, uh, you know, the site says it's sold out, but I went and like a buddy of mine shared a picture from the theater and it's empty. There are like five people there, but online, like you can't get a ticket. It's sold out, but there's nobody actually watching the movie. And now all of you are learning about what papering tickets is. This is what happens. It's been happening with wrestling for decades. It happens with books. It's how they get on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, what will happen is a company will buy a, like an organization will buy out a bunch of tickets. So they'll see the movies playing at a certain time at a certain place and they'll buy all the tickets. And they can use it as a tax write-off, I guess, for a business expense. I think that's how they um, how they work that part out. But they will buy all the tickets to boost the numbers. So you could say, oh, well, this movie made you know $7 million today or whatever. And maybe a quarter of the of that will be actual people buying the ticket to see the movie. And maybe that, I mean, I'm just using numbers as an example here. I don't have any actual data. Um, but, you know, maybe a quarter of that will be people seeing the movie. And the rest of them were... You know, people around the country buying out or like businesses around the country, groups, whatever, buying out these tickets to boost the sales. So everybody looks at the box office and goes, oh, hey, Sound of Freedom is number one at the box office. But not a lot of people have seen it because what they'll do is they'll buy the tickets to boost the numbers and then go to an event or wherever and say, hey, you want to see this movie? I got a free ticket. And this is not a new thing, even for movies, I would say. But it's not a new thing for books. The New York Times bestseller list, a lot of times what will happen when you see like a some politician or talking head you've never heard of will be like number two on the New York Times bestseller list. And that's because one of their donors, one of their organizations or whoever will go out and buy a bunch of the books and then go give them away at events. And so you look at the numbers and go, oh, wow, look at all these books that got sold. But that doesn't mean that a lot of people went out and bought the book to read it. It just means that someone somewhere bought a lot of books from a place. And so that registers as, hey, people are buying this book. They must be interested. When really what had happened was someone went out and bought the books to boost the numbers and say, hey, look, we're popular because you can use that. I'm number two or number five or whatever on the New York Times bestseller list. And you can then use that to go, hey, I'm going to go get on TV and spout whatever I want, whatever the message of the book is or whatever theory you're clinging to, whatever the case might be, not saying it's all bad, but whatever the case is, you can go, oh, I'm on the New York Times bestseller list. That'll get me into these appearances so I can go and do whatever it is I'm going to do, right? Promote whatever it is that I want to promote because they're having me on because people allegedly like my book, right? This happens all the time and it happens with wrestling for decades. Paid attendance is often inflated because people will buy them. It's called papering tickets. Somebody buys the tickets and they go, hey, we're doing a ticket giveaway today. 
And so the ticket, so financially, they're okay. The company's like, hey, the tickets have already been sold. It doesn't matter if I bought two to go see them, to go to the event or whatever, which I'm going to talk about tickets also at the end of the show. Uh, I forgot to do it at the top. So it doesn't mean that like me and my friends went over, my friends and I went over to buy tickets to go see the thing. But according to the people who go, oh, look at these ticket sales, it doesn't matter how they're sold. It just matters that the money came in from somewhere. And so you look at that, go, oh, okay, that's uh, that's interesting. So you look at a show, right? You see pictures of of wrestling events and go, oh, the show, they say the show is sold out, but you look at it, somebody who's at the show and one side's half empty because someone bought those tickets and couldn't give them away, but they were sold. So the show did well because the tickets were sold. And that's, that's what happens. They boost the numbers. So the show is sold out or the book sold a lot of copies or the movie made a lot of money at the box office when not, it's not that a lot of people went to go see the movie. It's that someone somewhere or a group of someone's somewheres is went and bought out the thing to boost the numbers and try to give them away. And they couldn't give them away because people didn't want to see the movie or, or whatever. Maybe they just couldn't go, whatever. But it's, it's, the way it was framed when I saw this, the first picture that I saw of an empty theater saying, you know, for Sound of Freedom was some account saying, oh, there's something going on, like acting like there's a big conspiracy against the movie, when really what happens is someone who wants to support the movie bought the tickets, couldn't give them away, so technically the show is sold out but only a handful of people actually went in to see the movie because all those other seats had been sold to one person and they couldn't give away the tickets. And so it's not like a big conspiracy. They're trying to silence the movie. That's not true. That's not what's happening. If they were going to silence the movie, then they could have made that, the the executives could have made that happen and not run it in theaters theaters at all. And then, well, then it's an exclusive. It's it's like a renegade movie, a private screening only at this place. Um... And so then you could have gone that way. But I've seen people complain. They're like, oh, they're trying to silence the movie. It's not what's happening. The tickets are bought, meaning the movie is technically doing well because it's made money. It doesn't matter where the money came from or that not a lot of people actually saw the movie because the tickets were bought and then not used by whoever or whatever organization. And I just think like people were acting like it's a big conspiracy. Like it's like, oh, they're trying to silence the movie. No, you just don't know what papering tickets means, which as a wrestling fan, I understand what that means. And I've known what that's meant for many years. And if you pay attention to book sales or things of that nature, there's a reason why all these books that were at one time on the New York Times bestseller list, soon thereafter, they're in the bargain bin. Because what happened is someone bought the books just to boost the numbers. And then, you know, then they return them and go, hey, wait a minute. I had a buddy who worked at a bookstore. This is exactly what happened. I don't know if this is universal, but I'm going on the experience that I have heard is that someone will buy a bunch of these books just to boost the numbers, some organization, and they can probably get it as a uh, tax exempt something or other. We had a guy at the store who did that, was tax exempt and somehow bought it, had a bunch of rewards. Anyway, I've told that story, I think. Um, so they buy the books. And a week or so later, they return them in bulk. And then they go, oh, crap, what do we do with these? They said they were selling. And then they just put them on sale for five bucks and see if anybody buys them. And then I come in looking for a gag gift for Christmas. And I buy one from by Newt Gingrich or some uh, some wacky lady on Fox News. I don't remember what the, it was like co-parenting with a toxic ex or something like that. 
No, maybe that was, was that another thing? No, it was, oh, damn it. I think it was like a motivational or a self-help thing. And it was just some like generic woman, like you turn on Fox News or CNN or whatever, some generic person in a plain dress, like with a weird expression on their face. And it was like, yeah, here's how you do this. That was, that's probably what happened with that book. If that was ever on the bestseller list, that's because someone at her station or wherever bought out the copies, made it look good. And then it ends up in a thrift store or a bargain bin at Barnes and Noble. So there you go. I just, it just bothered me that number one, people are like, oh, this movie's doing so well. And then on the other side, the same people are going, hey, wait a minute, something is going on. They're silencing the movie. It's not what's happening. What's happening is someone, some company is buying out the tickets to make the movie look good, but no one's actually, not no one, but not everyone's actually seeing the movie because the tickets are not available or couldn't be given away. And so I don't know what that says about the movie. Again, I've not seen it. If, uh, if you see it, I hope you enjoy it. Let me know how it is, and maybe I'll try to check it out. Because it seems like it's a kind of an action thriller movie with a, with a really kind of dark theme. So maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But let me know. All right? I just wanted to explain the idea behind papering tickets because it's a thing that happens, and a lot of people with this Sound of Freedom movie are learning what that means for the first time. And in case you didn't know, now I've explained it. It's not that everybody's actually seeing the movie. Good for whoever, because they make money, because making movies takes time and money and work, and good for them for doing it. But, um, you know, unless they're all weirdo. Like, I... Uh, no, I don't... I was going to I was gonna launch into a whole thing. Nope, I'm going to write about it instead. So you can read that if you like. It should be up by Friday. I just I just wanted to go and, and uh, let you know that this idea that, oh, somebody... Like, the tickets have sold, but nobody saw it, and that's it's been happening in wrestling for 50 years. So this is not a new thing. They're not trying to silence you or silence the movie or bring the movie down. They're literally making the movie money. It's just no one's seeing it. That's all. That's all. Again, not no one being, you know, hyperbolic there a little bit, but there you go. Papering tickets, man. And now you're learning how executives pad their stats because they, they hire whoever or someone gets the idea. Some organization buys the tickets. No one sees the movie, but it does well. So everybody feels validated. Except me. No, I feel fine. All right. Oh, boy. That went a while, right? Yeah, we're fine. I don't know. Papering tickets. Well, I had to explain the whole lore of it. Not lore, like it's a fantasy novel. But, um, yeah, it happens. Papering tickets is a real thing. And um, welcome aboard if you're learning about it for the first time today. I'm glad I could teach you something. All right. We're going to take a break. <laughs> Oh boy, how are we going to squeeze all this together? I don't know. We'll figure it out. And you'll, well, you'll hear the finished product and I'm going to go do something real quick and we will be right back to the show. Okay, let's see if we can do both of these, all three of these things, uh, the end of the show, the baseball, and this fan mail portion in one break. We should probably do it. We should probably get out of this in, I don't know, 15 minutes, maybe, I hope. Anyway, we'll, well, we'll see. Again, I talk a lot. You know this. So we got some mail. Do we have a mail sounder, by the way? Location confirmed. I don't know. I'll try to find one. And if I do, if I do find one, I went Daffy Duck there a little bit. Uh, if I do find one, I will put it in there. I think I just did it again. What's wrong with my mouth today? I don't know what's going on. But I do know we got, we got some mail the other day. And um, it was, hey, Pat, I'm just curious. Can you show us your age? I, I'm sure. Oh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, I skipped ahead here. There we go. Pat. I'm curious, 
I'm going to ask you for a little clickbaity thing. Thank you for that. <laughs> Tell us your age without telling us your actual age. All right, there you go. Thank you, Jimmy from Mayfair. I'm sorry I butchered reading your message, but I appreciate it all the same. Um, I know this is clickbait stuff, and this post goes around every couple of weeks on social media. And I'll tell you what, I'm a sucker for it. I love it. I love it. I will go, oh, man, these things we used to do are like, explain something you did as a kid that somebody who's a kid now, who's like 12 now, would not understand. And I love those posts. So thank you for this question, or this uh, this prompt, I guess. And I will pose this to all of you. I want to hear from you as well. Show us your age without actually telling us what you're, how old you are, right? So things that you did as a kid, I guess we can put these together, right? Something you did as a kid that a kid now would not understand. Like, you'd have to explain it to them. Like, oh, we couldn't be on the phone and be online at the same time. Or the TV had to be on Channel 3. Or... You know, we couldn't walk around the house on the phone. Like it was a corded phone in the dining room where we had to sit and, you know, hopefully not have too salacious a conversation on the corded phone at 15, right? Or, you know, having to call the movie theater to find out when the movies uh, is playing. Because we didn't, the internet was a thing, but, you know, online ticket buying wasn't yet. And so you either read the paper, you saw the box office thing in the newspaper. Or you called the movie theater. This was again. This was pre-movie phone, also, because movie phone. I don't know if it's still around, but it was an automated like. Thank you for calling movie phone, and they would basically have the, you know, you it would be a robot, and they'd have the times of the theater, and you could say, oh, you want to go see whatever it's playing in theater six at, uh, you know, wherever at three o'clock and eight fifteen or something like that. And so, this was before that when you had to actually call the movie theater and say, hey. I want to see this movie. When can I see it at your theater? And they would go, okay, this one playing at 7.15, 9.15, yeah, whatever. All right. So we used to have to do that, call the movie theater to see when the movie was playing. Um, calling Hollywood Video or Blockbuster, I guess. We were a Hollywood Video family I've mentioned before. Or Blockbuster to check availability of a movie or a game. Like, hey, I want to go, I want to rent Super Smash Brothers. Do you have it? Or I want to rent... Um, whatever movie, pick a movie. Somebody pick a movie, please. I can't think of one right now. But I want to, I want to, I want to rent this movie. Do you have it? And they would go, and they'd either they'd look on their computer, or they'd have, they'd send, or they'd bring the phone back, and they'd be like, "Oh, I don't see it. It's not here." Or they'd go check their wherever and go, oh, "I don't see it." So that's even older. Is if you called a place that didn't have a computer set up, where they had to actually go physically look for the movie to find it to tell you whether or not you could rent it. So that was a thing. I'm that old, I guess. Uh, let's see. Get, oh, this is a good one. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Um, or maybe maybe I mentioned it because we talked about it a couple years ago, how video games, um, they, they're shipped and, and released incomplete because now you can do online you know, patches and updates and whatnot. Well, back in my day, we got video games that were finished and because there was no way to add online things because it was either a cartridge or a disc and internet connecting with games wasn't a thing unless you were playing on pc it's a little different but you know if you're playing on on n64 or ps1 or or whatever there was no option to connect to the internet and download an update or a patch for a game like if the game was buggy you sent it back and got another one but most of the time the game you got was finished and you could play the game and not have to worry it's in the game ea sports there you go speaking of 
games that aren't finished. Uh, <laughs> that's mean. It's fine. Um, we used to not know who was calling when the phone rang. Again, it was a, it was one phone, in, usually in the kitchen or the dining room in a common area of the house, unless you were rich and you had more than one line, or I guess more than one uh, handset, which we did have. And then I remember when caller ID was new. It was like it wasn't on the phone because the phone would just be it would just be the phone and the dial pad and that. But um, at one time, there were three devices that now are all taken care of on your cell phone. It was the actual phone. The answering machine was a separate device. And the caller ID was another device. It was a little box. We had a little it was a little white uh, oval shaped thing. And it would come up whatever name they had listed in the phone book. Um, that's another thing. Do they still deliver phone books? I don't. I don't have one here, so I guess maybe you got to sign up for it at this point. But they, does anyone still get a phone book? Do they still exist? Let me know. If you don't know, kids, a phone book had everybody who registered, who wanted to register their number and their name and whatever, and it had all their information in this book that went to your house. That's the thing. When people say, "Oh, privacy." Blah, 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 First of all, if you have any app on your phone, you've given them all your data anyway. If you do anything online, somebody can have your data if they want to look hard enough and and do the work, right? But what these people don't understand is that 30 years ago, we used to get a book delivered to our houses with everyone's phone number, name, and address in it. So we knew if we wanted to find someone, we just had to open the book. We knew where everybody was. We just didn't take the time to do anything about it unless we had to call them, but that's the thing. It, we all had it. It used to be in our homes. Now it's in our phones, but it used to be in our homes. Everybody's phone number, name and address, right there. You knew where they were. I don't know. I, old man yells at cloud. I don't know. But yeah, we used to not know who was calling. It was a little white oval-shaped box thing, and the phone would ring, and then you'd wait a second, you'd wait a beat, and see who come, and the name would come up, like, oh, hey, you know, Jimbo calling, or unknown, or whatever, and you knew whether or not you wanted the answer. Right? So, yeah, that was a thing. That was a real thing. There were three different things. And then, you know, the phones uh, got more advanced and they had the answering machine things built right in. And then the phones eventually advanced a little more. And then you had the caller ID right on the phone. And now nobody has a landline anymore because we all have cell phones. So, there you go. I had a landline at our apartment because when I bought internet to when we moved, when we got married, 2012, I, there was no option for me to buy internet without buying phone. So I had to spend an extra eight bucks a month for like five years or something like that. It was a, whenever Fios came in, whatever year that was, it was like two or three years probably that I paid for this phone number that I never used because no one ever had, I didn't have a phone. I didn't actually buy a phone, but I had to buy the service for like seven or eight bucks a month just to have internet. And I needed internet for you know the show and uh, I was doing the live show still at that time. And we, you know, Netflix and all those things. So we needed internet just to do stuff. Um, and I had to couple the phone service with it. So there you go. Back in the day, you couldn't get internet without phone. There's another thing showing my age, although that was more recent than anything else. Um, speaking of gaming, playing with your buddies on the couch. Not, and I've talked about this before. I'm okay with online gaming if that's the only option. Like if I want to jump on Discord with Doug and play Rocket League or whatever, we can do that. Doug and I live like an hour and a half from each other. So traveling to do that is, it's not really feasible. It's not really a good, like, we can't just go on a whim and go, hey, it's five o'clock on Saturday. I want to go hang out with Doug. Like that's, 
three hours of travel. And that's just, I love you, Doug, but uh, it's not a good idea to do that, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, we used to just, we used to come over and walk over or whatever. Mom would drop you off at your buddy's house across town and you'd play game, video games with your buddies, wrestling games, fighting games, you know, and racing games, whatever, it, whatever the thing was. And you'd play games and have fun and get snacks and surge and all those stuff. And it was great. It was awesome. And it can't really, I mean, it's still, it can happen. It's still a thing, but not so often because everyone has uh, jobs and kids and stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, we used to not have the option of, uh, of playing with people around the world. Unless you played, I guess, on PC. I guess there were some, there were some online games back in the day, but I didn't really play those. Maybe there were. I'm not sure. Somebody else can weigh in. Oh, here's one. Using the encyclopedia to do research for school projects because we didn't have, I mean, internet was a thing kind of, but it wasn't like, there wasn't the, the massive information that there is now. Like I couldn't go and be like, Hey, I need to learn about mitosis. And I couldn't go and type that in and find a bunch of stuff. I had to go to the encyclopedia either at my house or at the library and look up everything on mitosis and do a thing and draw diagrams and all this stuff. And yeah, using an actual physical book to look up stuff for school. That was a thing I did when I was a kid. And um, this one, uh, it also connects to the last segment of the show here, is that I will be watching baseball. Like we were watching the Home Run Derby the other day, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was uh, was in the Home Run Derby, and his teammate, Bo Bichette, was on the field doing uh, some interview stuff or whatever. And I'm like, huh, I watched both of their dads play when I was a kid. And... <laughs> I'm just like, man, that is, uh, that's a lot. Was Kevin Biggio there too? I watched his dad play also. And it was really cool, man. Just, you know, well, it was cool because I was a fan of their dads as players and now they're really good too. So they're fun to watch. But the point is I'm old enough where I watched all these guys play and now their sons are in major league baseball playing baseball, which is nuts that I watched all these guys and now I watch their kids play too. So there you go. I'm sure older people older than me were like, I watched his grandfather play. But, you know, I, I, we didn't ask you. Well, now I'm asking you because of you, I want you to show your age without telling us how old you are. Things uh, and or things you did as a kid that you would have to explain to a kid today. Like you would have to explain to a Gen Zer something you did as a kid that they wouldn't understand because they never had to do it. Saving a document to a folder and, and then going to find it. Because, you know, phones don't always have these uh, sections where you have to go look for uh, where you found stuff. Like you have to go look in certain folders and whatnot to find things. Because I was, actually I was on the phone with somebody the other, day, the other day, yesterday, and they saved a thing I sent them and then couldn't find it. I'm like, well, wait a minute. We're the same age. How are you not finding this? How, did you not know how to... I didn't say this. I thought this after. Um, like you, they were, we were the same age. I'm like, how did you not, how did you not learn where files go when you save them, right? I guess because if you worked on old PCs or any PCs, when you save a file, you, you pick where it goes. And apparently these new fangled phones don't have that capability or that uh, that graphical interface, so you don't know. Anyway, where was I going with that? I don't know. Now I'm asking you, show your age, tell me your age without telling me your age, and or things that you did as a kid that you'd have to explain to somebody today. All right? All right. That was fun. Thank you for the question or for the um, for the prompt. There we go. Well, yeah, that was a good time, right? Did we have fun? Are we all right? Are we going to take one more break? 
and then do the baseball and wrap the show in one segment. Let's do that because this one took a little bit longer than I thought in a good way, in a good way. So we'll take one more break and we'll be back to wrap the show right after this. All right. I forgot to warn you, but I'll do it now. If you don't like sports, it's time to go. Thanks for coming. Hope you had fun. Uh, Just a couple notes for you this week for baseball. Trade deadline is approaching. It is August 1st, right? Yes. So a week, not quite two weeks from now. Well, now it's even less because today for me is Wednesday. So um, the biggest name in the rumors is Shohei Otani, the greatest player we've ever seen by far. No disrespect to anybody else, but nobody has done the two-way player deal in such a dominating fashion as he is doing. He's fantastic. And the Angels are, I don't know, may not make the playoffs. Mike Trout is injured. We don't know when he's coming back. Shohei can only do so much by himself. Anthony Rendon is, I believe, injured again. And they just haven't been able to put it together since he got there. And they have two of the best players in the world. And they are not close to winning the World Series. And every year, they're like, oh, maybe they'll do it this time. And they just don't. And so Shohei Otani, being the best player that we've ever seen, being on the trade market, and I mean, the owner has come out, or the GM or whoever has said, we're not trading him, we're not trading him. But you have to weigh it a couple ways here. The first thing is, yes, of course, you don't want to be the guy who trades the greatest player we've ever seen. You don't want to be that guy. But he's a free agent after this year. He's going to test the market from what I understand. And so you don't. you also don't want to be the guy who let the greatest player in the world walk away without getting anything for him, except for like a a low-level draft pick, right? Because if you offer him, like you extend the qualifying offer, then whatever team signs him after that, if you say he doesn't take it, so you offer him the qualifying offer, uh, which is uh, an average of the 25 highest salaries at the position. But how do you do that if he plays two? Wow, that's interesting. Now I kind of want to see how that shakes out. But... Um, the team that signs him will then owe you a compensatory draft pick. That's how the qualifying offer thing works. I believe that's still how it goes. Um, and so you don't want to be the guy who let him go for nothing but a lowly draft pick. Like if you're going to get rid of him, because because if you're not going to sign him, because you're probably not going to sign him, right? At this point, other unless he just really wants to test the market and see what the Angels want to offer him, sometimes that works out and the the original team gets to go in there and, and make the offer and bring him back. It doesn't always work that way. And so you can't be the guy who lets him go for nothing. But also you don't want to be the guy or the team, whoever, who trades the greatest player we've ever seen. But the third thing is that they're not close to winning the World Series. And a guy like that and a guy like Mike Trout, they deserve to be in the playoffs. We saw it with the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, earlier in the year. These guys on a big stage is awesome. It's fun. We need this. Baseball needs this. We need these guys, these talented guys, the two best players in the sport. Argue, I mean, you can't argue Shohei. You could probably argue Mike Trout, but you can't argue Shohei Otani. And even if you could argue Mike Trout, I don't think he could do it very well. That guy's amazing, right? Who is, if it's not, okay, Shohei's one, Trout is two. But if Trout is not two, then who's number two? Who's the who's the next best player in the sport? Let me know that one if you have another vote for that. But these guys deserve to be in the playoffs. They like we need to see this team in big games on the big stage. And the Angels are not close to getting there. 
And so you have to wonder, like, hey, what's going to happen here? What are we doing? The rumors, it's all about Shohei Otani until August 1st at 6 p.m. Eastern when the trade deadline is over. And so you wonder, is he going to get traded? If he does get traded, who, who has the farm system or the, like the, the capital of minor leaguers or major leaguers who they can trade and still realistically contend while getting Shohei Otani? I would love him on the Phillies for, well, for two reasons. Number one, he's Shohei Otani. And number two, he would fill two needs because, well, damn, he doesn't play the field. So, okay, let's, let's ro- roll with me here. If Bryce Harper plays first base, then that frees up, theoretically, the DH spot for Kyle Schwarber. But, so then you don't have to have him in the outfield, so then you got to go get another one or, you know, whatever you do there. But if you get Sho- if you can get Shohei Otani, he's a guy you work around, right? You figure out the rest later. Schwarber stays in left field. Harper plays first. Shohei DHs. And he's your immediately becomes your what? Number two or three starter, if not your number one, right? So you solve the problem of, of needing another starting pitcher with Shohei Otani. And you solve the problem with a, a great bat in the middle of your lineup with Shohei Otani. With one guy. Sure, if you want to sign him after this year, you're going to have to pay him $600 million or more, right? Because he does both things so well. So you have, you're have you basically paying one guy as two players, right? So they go, oh, man, a guy will get $400 million or whatever to be a great center fielder. But yeah, great. He's going to, or to be a great hitter. And he's going to get that. But he's also going to get the money for being a great starter. And so I think whatever number is probably starting with a six or a seven, whoever's going to sign him, and if somebody trades for him, you're going to decimate your team. So this is a, it's a win now move, I think. And I mean, you know, the, the big names are in, the Padres are in, the Mets are in, the Yankees are in, the Dodgers are in, right? We're seeing who's in the sweepstakes for Otani. Like who, honestly, unless you're like the Royals, sorry, Royals fans, um, or a small market team who can't afford, that can't afford to pay him and is not close to winning, you should be, your team should be interested in Shohei Otani. There's no reason you shouldn't at least, at least cons- like think about it, like oh could we do this? And you you come up with a plan to see if you can make it happen. So who knows? Maybe Kyle Schwarber would go. Well, then you need a left fielder still. So <laughs> that doesn't really help because Shohei doesn't play the field because that's and that's fine. I have no problem with that. But man, that guy is so good. He's so good. And if he gets traded, what the hell, man? What a wild time that would be if Shohei gets traded or then he leaves the Angels and they get nothing back for him except for that lowly draft pick. Man, just a, just another slap for the Angels. Oh my goodness. All right, so we'll see what happens there. Realistically, I think the Phillies could go for Cody Bellinger. I know there's a drop-off, I'm aware, but Cody Bellinger really struggled in 2022 with the Dodgers and everyone said, hey man, maybe a change of scenery would help. Maybe he signed somewhere else. And he signed with the Cubs and he has been playing really well. He's an elite defender. He's still a really good hitter. And he can play the outfield and first base. And so let's roll this one out then. You trade for Cody Bellinger. Bryce Harper plays first. Kyle Schwarber goes to DH. Cody Bellinger plays left field. You've now solved three problems that the Phillies have had. He can't pitch, and they still, I think, need a fifth starter. But You've then solved 
two, three problems. Kyle Schwarber's not in the outfield. I love Kyle Schwarber, but he's a terrible outfielder. Uh, I mean, I'm not just saying that from the eye test, like the numbers back it up too. And again, I'm a fan. I love the guy, but he's not a great left fielder. So you solve that problem with Cody Bellinger. Bryce Harper plays first. Now you can, you no longer have a black hole at first base defensively and at the plate. And uh, you have a, a full-time DH where he's meant to be. So I like it. If they can make it happen, I would love to see it because uh, I like Cody Bellinger. I always have. He's a good player and he would solve a couple needs for the Phillies. So there we go. So let's do that, Phillies. Um, they need a pitcher. They do. They need a fifth starter, I would think, just because relying on a guy like Christopher Sanchez is not going to work. It's not going to work down the stretch. I don't love it. So they need a pitcher also. I don't know which one they prioritize. I guess it kind of depends on how Bryce Harper does at first base. So we'll see. But is there pitching? I don't even know if there's like a decent starter available in the market. I'm not even sure. Somebody let me know. I've not, I'll be honest, I haven't looked. I mean, I've been watching the Phillies and I I haven't been able to keep up with the trade stuff as much as I would like. But um, if there's a pitcher available, the Phillies need a starter. So (laughs) they need it. They're good. They're good right now. And I like it. They're playing really well. And I do like it. But down the stretch, they're going to need a starter. And they're going to need probably a left fielder. So, again, here we go. Trade for Shohei Otani. Handle both. Tackle both things with one spoon. That's not a thing. It's not however however that saying goes. Um, there you go. I like it. Phillies are playing well. They're not going to catch the Braves because the Braves are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. The Braves are so good. And all their whole team is signed for like seven years for a total of, I don't know, $80 million. No, it, they're on very team-friendly contracts, which is great for them. Uh, as a Phillies fan, I hate it, but as a like as a baseball fan, it's great. Like that team is going to be together for a long time, which there'll be a thorn in my side. God damn it! So there you go. There you go. That's what I got for you. I I know there's more baseball things that are available, but I don't have time to really go through all of them. What I thought about doing was putting a little uh, writing thing out on Fridays, going through all the baseball news and notes, which I might still do if I can find some time. But for now, we're just doing this thing on the show. And by the way, the American League East is the best division of baseball because every team has at least 50 wins. They would all, I think, lead the AL Central at this point because the AL Central is really bad. Um, I don't know if all if most of them will make the playoffs. I don't know who's going to uh, playoffs, who's going to really go hard at the deadline, but the Blue Jays have turned it around. The Red Sox are decent. The Orioles are really fun to watch. The Rays are awesome. And the Yankees are going to get Judge back soon. So, And they're a different team when Aaron Judge is on the field versus not. So there's a lot to like, I guess, if you're uh, maybe not if you're an American League East team fan, because then like your team is in a stressful spot. <laughs> but, but if you're generally a baseball fan and you just like to see teams be competitive, then I think the AL East is your ticket right now because every team in that division is like could potentially be buyers at the deadline and make a, a run for the wild card now that there are three. So three wild card spots, that is. So none of them are out of it. Like I said last week, there are only a handful of teams that are like completely out of it. And I just think like that makes it really hard for the teams that are going to buy. But it's also good in a way because more teams that are trying to win means more like more fun baseball to watch. Like they're not going to be half the league that's going to be out of it by August 5th. Like there are going to be like three or four or five teams. 
because all these teams are still close enough to make a playoff spot, to make a run and get a playoff spot that they won't just give up and start trading off. So we shall see. Um, a lot of fun stuff going on right now. I know I only highlighted certain things, but Shohei Otani is important. And I watch the Phillies more than anybody else right now. So, so there you go. That's your baseball. That's your sports. I don't have any other sports things, do I? No, that's it. All right. Um, that's all. We're good. We are good to go. I got to go finish up a thing, and then uh, and then I'm going to go upstairs and do that stuff. And we're going to have fun. We're going to order dinner, maybe. And uh, I got to go move laundry. Okay, that's all. We're good. My thanks to our friends and you know where their latest song, Neurotic. It's available now. Go get it. I think it's a new nowhere. Again, that link will be in the show notes. My thanks to the patrons for uh, weighing in. Thank you, Kenny, for weighing in on the uh, on the topic there for you about the American cheese. Hope everybody's hungry, and uh, hope everybody's not too mad about my papering tickets explanation. I'm not crapping on the movie. I've not seen it. I'm just saying this is not a new phenomenon, and it's not a conspiracy against your movie. Okay? All right. And show us your age. Tell me your age without telling me your age is that how I, I said it like five times and I think I worded it wrong each time but yeah things you did as a kid also that you'd have to explain to a younger kid today that they wouldn't understand because the thing either has changed or no longer exists so let me know with that and let me know if we can save malls because we need them probably I don't know anyway we're good to go that's it we're all good my thanks again to everybody for listening this has been an eighth boiling production so until next time my friends have fun be safe, thank a veteran, wear your mask, wash your hands, get vaccinated and boosted when you can. And of course, don't do anything I wouldn't do. g Love and Special Sauce with Cold Beverage. They're going to play us out as they always do. Philadelphonic.com for more from them. And that is all for today. Thank you so much. Go. Don't be dumb. Enjoy. Stay cool. Stay dry or wet if you like. I don't know what you're into. But you go have fun, damn it. And I'll talk to you next week. All right? All right. We're going to go. We're going to go do the stuff that I said earlier. Thank you very much. You've been inside the Melting Pat on the Next Level Network. Go crap open a cold one. Yo, could I get a cold beverage? I need some leverage. A sweaty ass as a lemonade will be nice. Stop a fight from the top to a VK. Got a bar crop of drinks, but girls got the bait on the front board. See, I got some ice tea. If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no bugs. Glass some ice and a dash of a mess, martini time. Yeah, yeah, feeling gold and bring your own beverage. It's me, so it's cold. Please fix me a large slice. Summertime is cool, the heat is getting old. Yeah, I have a beverage sweet, so it's cold, 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 cold. You sent me from the bar. Yeah, I like cold beverage. Yeah, I like cold beverage. Yeah, I like cold beverage. Yeah, uh, cause I'm feeling kind of boring. Stick it in the fridge, 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 stick it in the fridge. And the friend. Go girl work the cold one. Go girl work the cold one. What? Go girl work the cold one.
go, girl, work the cold one. Yo, where I'm visiting, let's keep one thing clear. The bait's over there, the brew's right here. Two six-packs and a big bag of ice. Didn't even get to bite, but the brew tastes a nice back to the ball. So every jack of reason, a colada. Need a whole lot of them food drinks. They got to me a buzz. I must tell you, I'm the Kool-Aid kid. When you serve my drink, please stick it in the fridge. Cause I like cool beverage, yeah. I like cool beverage, yeah. I'm kinda thirsty. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah.